number three, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. And uh, I have not listened to the audio. I am not going to play the audio. But uh, in the at the end of the last hour, got a call from Steve who asked me if I had seen the clip of the Dropkick Murphy band. Dropkick Murphys, they uh, they have well, it doesn't matter. They're they're a band, and I think they're described here as punk rock. They play some like they have some like Irish infusion, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, had I seen this video clip, and I saw that the clip was making the rounds, I did not watch the video clip. Because I don't care what most musicians have to say. Like, unless you are an overtly political musician and that's what you do and I'm interested in what you have to say about things, then I don't care what you have to say about things. Really, I don't. Um, If you were like, hey, we're fun, happy-go-lucky music band, great time, and then all of a sudden you start... Throwing down some politics? Yeah, pound sand, man. I, I, I don't want to hear it, right? Now, if you are a political band of some kind, and that's what I'm tuning in to hear, like I, like, I really like Bob Dylan. I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. Do I agree with everything uh, that he has sang and stated pol- uh, politics-wise over the years? No. Also a Grateful Dead fan. Do I support everything that, uh, that they stood for and all of their politics? No, of course not. I don't support anybody 100% of the time, but I enjoy the music. And I, I, I can appreciate the message. But I also know what it is that I'm getting when I get it, you know? So the punk rock band, this is over at Breitbart.com. Dropkick Murphy's frontman Ken Casey delivered a series of profane rants against supporters of former President Donald Trump and his MAGA agenda, saying that anybody who buys those bleeping hats is part of the problem. See, so... Right out of the gate here. Now, this is Breitbart.com, so I, I this is obviously coming from a pro-MAGA perspective, right? But uh, I kind of get the feeling that Steve may have misled me a little bit about what the lead singer said. Because so far, I've read through most of this article now, I have not seen um, the the definitions of fascism as Steve presented it to me now, uh, maybe like he was singing some song called this machine or the new album, this machine still kills fascists again with the LARPing, right? Really? The live action role playing. This is again, see you're either okay with the, with the political violent rhetoric or you're not guys. And you have obviously shown us you're not. You've shown us not only in speech, but also in deed, that you are not, uh, you do not object to political violence. We watched you for two years. We watched you for five. We watched you burn a limo, fight with cops, send six of them to the hospital, whatever, like during Trump's inauguration. We watched you during the summer of love. You can't tell me that you're not okay with this stuff because you obviously are okay with it when your side is doing it. You have been. So the punk rock band, whatever, this guy spews his hatred of all things MAGA at recent concerts in New York and Pennsylvania. Okay, so I don't know which video. Uh, This was subsequently captured on video. He ranted against election deniers and billionaires. Um, If you're a real patriot... You won't support the MAGA movement, he said. His rant 
provoked a few Let's Go Brandon chants from the crowd while others cheered. Um, He attacked billionaires who are fighting with the unions. Uh, They were at Allentown Fairgrounds, Pennsylvania. Quote, if you are out there buying those bleeping hats that these swindlers are selling at that bleeping fair, then you are part of the problem, and I'll tell you why, because you are being duped by the greatest swindler in the history of the world. (gasps) Wait a minute. Are you saying that you think Donald Trump is a con man? Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa. Hang on a second. Guys, I think it's taken, what, seven years since Donald Trump came down the escalator, but have have you heard this critique yet? (laughs) Holy smokes, this changes everything. A con man, you say? Interesting. On Thursday... Uh, he said the incident was captured on video. You are being duped by a bunch of grifters and billionaires who don't give a poop about you or your family. They care about their bleeping tax breaks and the money they can put in their pocket. If you consider yourself a patriot and you are spouting off that election denying poop, I will fight your butt outside if you want to. Yeah, you're not actually going to fight anybody outside. You're not going to get off. You're going to go off that stage. You're going to hang out in the back area, in the stage, you know, backstage area. You're going to drink. You're going to smoke. You're going to do whatever it is that you do back there. And then you're going to get on your bus and you're going to leave. You're not going to go out and be whipping MAGA butt in the parking lot. Not happening. Although, I would, I might pay to see that. I might pay to see a brawl. After the show where uh, Ken Casey from Dropkick Murphys is going to hang out. You, me, after school, round the back. <sighs> yeah, I might, I might. I mean, I'm not saying I would pay a lot. I'm like, maybe five bucks or something, right? Ooh, you know what I would do? I would sell MAGA hats at the fight after the concert. Which, if you're going to fight, that would be the time to do it. Because he'd be, like, exhausted. He'd be tired, you know? Just worn out from running around on stage. He doesn't look to be in great shape. He's got, it's kind of, he's gotten a little big. Anyway, um, at a speech in Philadelphia, Joe Biden called Trump, oh uh, yeah, a threat to the country and all that. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. so I kind of feel like there wasn't anything really in there about describing fascists. So I feel like Steve, caller Steve may have uh, misled me a little bit on what the nature of the comments was. It was just another rant against Trump. So again, what have I said? Trump broke people's brains. He broke their brains. Why do you care? Why do you care if somebody in your audience likes your music, but they also have a different opinion about literally fill in the blank on anything? Well, but that's the, this is really important. It's for the democracy. Yeah, you know what? And they think that leftism is going to lead to hundreds of millions of people dead. Yeah. I, I, I look at historical Perspective there, and I say, hey, you know what? Communism, more than 100 million people dead. Let's not go down that path. I'm not going to get up and start screaming at people. How dare you have some... Well, actually, I do that during the show, so that's not a very good comparison. But I'm not just producing music for people's entertainment. Like, this is my wheelhouse, right? We're talking about this stuff uh, on the show every day. But you, 
I, I don't understand this, this, like, oh, I have this opinion about Donald Trump, and I just need to scream it in your face. I, why? To what end? You want to alienate half of your population? Oh, I don't want them as an audience. Okay, your terms are acceptable. Don't own any Dropkick Murphy tunes. Now we'll never own one. And here's the kicker. I didn't even vote for Trump. I did not vote for Biden or Hillary either. But I didn't vote for Trump. But now, like this, you you have now turned me against you, Dropkick Murphys. Now I do not care to ever purchase any of your music because I think you are stupid. That's all. So good work there. I'm only one person, but what can I do, you know? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I don't know if I necessarily agree that the definition of fascism means that you deny the election results. <laughs> but I don't think that's these are pretty, that's a very limited scope. Uh, again, I feel like I was misled a little bit on what the Dropkick Murphy said. I don't support what they said uh, in that video clip that's gone viral. Uh, they're free to say it. You do whatever you want. It's your show, right? That's how I live my life. Uh, no, you, you say whatever you want. You do whatever you want on the stage there. I, I don't think it's wise, but hey, what do I know? Um, that being said, this term fascism seems to mean anything that the Democrats disagree with. It doesn't actually seem to be tethered to uh, to an objective standard. And you know me, I, I do prefer those. Um I came across, there's a fella uh, on Twitter, his name is John Scotus. I don't think that's his real name. <laughs> right? Uh, Supreme Court of the United States, Scotus. Anyway, his own definition, he says he developed when he was uh, studying in pre-war, or sorry, he began to study pre-war Japan. And he realized that none of the definitions of fascism that he had seen in American academia made any sense or matched pre-war Japan or Nazi Germany, or Mussolini's Italy. This is in part because whether they realize it or not, most people who offer up definitions of fascism do so based on Marxist economic theory. Or they try to map it to the traditional Western left-right political spectrum. And those approaches are wrong, he says. He says a couple quick notes before he gives his definition of fascism. First, it's not a political ideology per se. Okay? It's more of a sensibility and an aesthetic than anything else. It's a sensibility and an aesthetic. So if you're wondering what the aesthetic is, think um, Joe Biden's speech in Philadelphia the other day. That's, that's, what, the, yeah, that's what that looks like. Um, <laughs> okay, second. While fascists easily recognize, appreciate, and understand the goals and motivations of other fascists, often aligning themselves with them, non-fascists most often find themselves completely perplexed. He says, if you watch Charlie Chaplin's speech at the end of The Great Dictator and you try to match what he gives as Hitler's motivations to anything Hitler had ever said by 1940 and it can't be done. Third, while right-wingers seem attracted to fascism, it's not inherently conservative in any meaningful sense. The traditional conservative position in Germany, 1932, would have been for Kaiser Wilhelm or his son to reestablish the monarchy. And in fact, the German crown prince initially supported Hitler because he assumed Hitler would put him on the throne. 
But the German crown prince misunderstood Hitler even more than Chaplin did. So what are the hallmarks of fascism? Speaking of it as a sentiment rather than an ideology, okay? First, fascists draw inspiration from um, an ethno-nationalist myth. There's some glorious past where their people were great in terms of culture and wealth and military power, right? Fascists see their people as being in decline because of the polluting influence of outsiders, either inside or outside the nation. There's always a heavy racial component to a lot of this, along with the feeling that they're under siege. The prime fascist goals, then, to reclaim the mythical past glory, purify society of the cultural and uh, uh, sometimes racial pollution from the outsiders, and a lot of that stuff goes hand in hand. Fascists nearly always have a zero-sum worldview. This is an important point because a lot of people equate fascism with capitalism run wild, but the basis of capitalism is the idea that wealth is grown, not taken. For example, the whole basis of Nazi economy was the idea of taking the wealth of others through conquest, confiscation of items of possible worth, right, including gold teeth and slave labor. This is the ultimate outworking of a zero-sum worldview. But economic analysis of their policies show that if the Nazi goal was to profit from other countries and the Jews, they chose the most unprofitable way to do so. He then goes on to illustrate Japanese government used zero-sum worldview to justify invading and occupying all of Asia. Okay, so skipping down the, the tweet storm here, he says, fascists think that they only, the only way to succeed is to take from others. And that the success that anyone else may, uh, may enjoy necessarily comes at their expense. That's a zero-sum worldview. Okay? So that, that's when he's talking about sensibilities. I can't have stuff if you have it. Zero-sum. We have to split the pie, whereas my view of it is that the pie grows and everybody can get a piece. Also, fascists are inherently elitists. They see the whole world in terms of a pecking order and they want to be on top. While the common people are heralded by leadership, they're also held in complete contempt and con uh, constantly lied to. Marxism uh, is viewed as the biggest threat to society. Yet Marxism is never defined. It becomes the big bugbear, the catch-all term for anything the fascists don't like. In Nazi Germany, and to a surprising extent among Japanese fascists, it also became code word for Jews. Fourth. Fascists are enamored with raw power for its own sake. That's why you get the uniforms, the military paraphernalia, the red backdrop with the looks like the Nazi eagle behind him at the Philadelphia speech. That's how you get that stuff. And you get the Marines standing behind him, right? Raw power. It's used by fascists to achieve their goals. It's often untethered from any legitimate purpose. Right? So far... This sounds like the most workable uh, uh, definition, rather, of fascism. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. You can follow this fella. His name, his name is John Scotus. On the Twitter machine, he's... Gives a very, 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 very lengthy rundown of fascism. I've only given you, like... Uh, I don't know, 25%, not even that, probably, yeah, probably about 17%, if I'm, yeah, 17 and a half, um, of the total number of tweets here. He goes into great depth on, like, Japan and all this other, it doesn't matter. He's talking about fascism, 
And everybody thinks they know what fascism is, but it's kind of like uh, was the old uh, the the line about pornography, which was like the, the when the court was trying to determine how to define it. He says, "I don't know what the definition is, but I'll know it when I see it." Right. So there's a and he actually uh, later on, let's see, he said something. Yeah, here it is. Um, for example, the Axis powers in World War II, right? Pre-war Japan, Nazi Germany, fascist Italy. Right? All three Axis powers were clearly fascist in nature. But you have to look at their commonalities to understand it. This is why George Orwell perhaps said it best when he said, quote, but still, when we apply the term fascism to Germany or Japan or Mussolini's Italy, we know broadly what we mean. <laughs> right? So even Orwell had a hard time defining fascism. Right. So, uh, so seriously, are we to believe that President Tapioca uh, pudding, uh, he's the one that's going to be able to define fascism? So I guess maybe semi-fascism is a thing. I don't know. But here's what Sco- John Scotus is. That's not his real name, but this is his sort of summation of fascism. And it really has a lot to do with the raw power aspect. OK, the raw power is used by fascists to achieve their goals. It's often untethered. From any legitimate purpose. For example, do the police exist to bring law and order? Right? Is that their point? Is that their purpose? Their point? Then why didn't the police in Germany arrest Hitler after the night of the long knives? Right? So is it to bring law and order or is it to control? The ability to control others and make them do as you wish through threats and coercion is the most basic exercise of raw power there is. Yet, many societal and governmental goals can be achieved just as well, if not better, without any threat or coercion. This is why he says raw raw power is used by fascists to achieve their goals. There's a preference for it, right? There are other uh, uh, avenues, rather, aspects that they could pursue, but they like the raw power. Fascist leaders want to control others really more than anything else in the world. And so they use law and order as their prime excuse. Finally, while in communist countries, the state takes ownership of companies in fascist countries, the state allows and encourages private ownership. But it finds ways to force the companies to do what the state wants it to do. Right? That's why I've I've said, you know, Fascism, on the economic side of things, it is this veneer of a free market, a veneer of capitalism. That's just the outward face. It's a facade. It's fake. It's not really the case because the state dictates via laws and, and coercion and threats and regulation and fines and such. They, they coerce the private sector into doing what they want to achieve their goals. Um, and then he concludes by saying... Uh, the famous line from Mussolini, quote, everything in the state, nothing outside the state, nothing against the state. Right. So a fascist state allows private enterprise, even civil society to an extent, but it wants total control over it. OK. On that point, do you remember earlier I mentioned the uh, the new study that came out from of Brazil that found um, regular use of ivermectin reduced the price of dying, uh, the rather the risk of dying from covid by 92 percent. Regular use of ivermectin reduced the risk of dying from COVID by 
People who advanced this very idea a year ago were censored. How did that come to be? Well, I go now to the blaze. High-ranking officials in the Biden administration worked hand-in-hand with influential social media companies to censor content that was deemed misinformation, according to emails revealed this week. The government identified, quote, examples of problematic content and social media platforms such as Facebook and Twitter would remove the posts. These came from emails. Uh, This information came out of emails that were obtained in a lawsuit by Republican Attorneys General Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Jeff Landry of Louisiana. The big tech companies would engage in regular chats with the CDC to identify and remove so-called Misinformation. The lawsuit stated that dozens of federal officials across at least 11 federal agencies engaged in a massive, sprawling federal censorship enterprise with the intent and effect of pressuring social media platforms to censor and suppress private speech that the federal officials disfavor. Intent and effect of pressuring social media platforms to censor and suppress free speech, private speech. So again, force for the sake of force, right? Private enterprise to an extent, but control over said enterprise, right? Tell me again, what what are the hallmarks of fascism? Who is and isn't the fascisty fascist? What about a president who, uh, I don't know, embarks upon a spending package that could come close to somewhere in the neighborhood of a trillion dollars without any kind of congressional approval as required by law? So you have a president acting outside the boundaries of law. And by the way, not the first time, but multiple times now. Knowing a thing is unconstitutional, knowing it is illegal for him to do, and we know he knows this because he said it was illegal for him to do, but then he does it anyway, with the tactic being, let the courts decide I'm wrong, which we know they will, but by the time that happens, I will have gotten as much political juice from that squeeze as I require. So you're actively blowing up the norms of the society, right? You're 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 acting outside of the law. So once again, on the fascism scale, what is the purpose of the police? Right? Is it simply for control or is it to actually enforce law and order? Because if it's to enforce law and order, why then do you not say go after the person who's acting contrary to their oath of office and in an unconstitutional fashion? We know this because they said it would be unconstitutional before they did it. I'm talking about the moratorium on, uh, evictions. Uh, That was the dry run for it. And now we got the student loan cancellation, right? So these questions, and I understand like everybody sees the fascist and the other guy and all that. All right. Um, See, maybe we should all just be able to agree. We want to walk away from that kind of fascistic tendency. Let's get away from all of that universally. Let's just all go back to sort of a default towards freedom and limited government. Let's work within the boundaries of the law, right? Let, how about we do that? 
But I recognize that not a lot of people, or some people, I should say, there are a lot of people. I don't know if it's half, but there are a lot of people that are not interested in that. They would very much like fundamental transformation. And so they're going to keep provoking. So all I can do is just sit here and kind of make the argument that, you know, we shouldn't be, uh, we should not be suffering any of this from anybody. We should not be allowing any of this kind of behavior for either side. We need to hold everybody to the same standard. I know it's kind of crazy, but hey, you know what? I'll make these arguments. Why not? Hey, all day today, it's the first of uh, the WBT Blood Drive, but uh, WBT hosted Blood Drive down at uh, the Doghouse. Minton Moorhead, Jack Daniel Doghouse, the One Blood Big Red Bus is there. We're doing these on Mondays, but, you know, Labor Day yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And so we're doing it today to kick off uh, the Little Heroes Blood Drives. We're, uh, we're happy to be partnered up this all for Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And uh, blood donations, in case you were not aware, super, super important for people uh, getting uh, cancer treatments. And so uh, this is for the kids that are fighting cancer in our local community. So if you have a mind to do so, have some time, please consider making a blood donation. You could save a bunch of people's lives. Go to WBT.com for the details and reserve your appointment time. Do it now, WBT.com. And uh, thanks again to Rich and Richie. All of the folks at Affordable Siding and Windows, as well as Paul and his crew at Jameson Realty for all of their support uh, of the effort. Let me read a couple of emails real quick. I know I'm way behind on this. I apologize. Um, Dennis says, it appears to me that the latest term to describe those that disagree with any of their policies is now fascist. I guess that replaces the term deplorables and white supremacist and racist. I guess that's the progressive way. All right. Well, speaking of. Speaking of labels that get ditched as well, yeah, they just kind of swap them out. Fascists. Well, I think also they got kind of shoehorned into the fascism thing because of the Antifa people, you know? So they were trying to, remember at the time, you know, you had the rise of black bloc, Antifa, you know, cells all over the place, and they're engaging in violence. And, you know, the Democrats are kind of cool with that because it's helping them out a little bit. And, you know, there's, I mean, they're, they're, they're LARPing, you know, and, and so they get the kids to go out there and uh, engage in this activity. And, uh, oh, look at that. They're just like me when I stood up against the Vietnam War. So uh, anyway, so they, you know, they're celebrating the, the Antifa. Oh, you must be for fascism. So I kind of feel like the, a lot of people got backed into that position because, you know, well, aren't you anti-fascism? That's what it stands for. You can't be against them if you're unless you're a fascist. So that was the kind of idiocy uh, that maybe some people got uh, got trapped by. Uh, armchair quarterbacks, this is from Dan. He says, that caller Janet, uh, your caller Janet intimated that she wanted to condemn Trump instantly, but I think you shamed her intellectual integrity. At the bottom line, you would have been okay saying they if you'd been on her side. Classic left-wing hypocrisy. It's all Trump's fault. It's it was for him. Yeah, I I don't know what this is the thing that gets me. It, it, like I don't I, my point was earlier in the in the show. My point was that history did not begin on January 6th. I can and did condemn the violence on January 6th because it is utterly 
condemnable, right? It was grotesque. It should be, uh, it should be condemned. But that, that, that wasn't when history began. The people who went there looking for a fight or looking to protest, right, or those who got swept up by the mob, because that's what happens with mobs, and they saw the prior four years of political violence directed at not just their president, but them. I was in Asheville at the time when that old man walking out of the, well, it's not just him, but he, he became sort of the poster child for it, the leaving the Trump rally in Asheville. And the cops set up the, the pathway out through this mob of left-wing moonbats that were just screaming the most vile things at these people leaving the Trump rally. And when you engage with people like that and you make them feel like they're under siege all the time, then you're going to induce behavior. I kept telling people this on the left, and it's like they didn't want to listen to me, whatever. Nobody listens to me. I got this other one here. Hang on a second. It was, uh, oh, Pete, just my two cents. Please ban Dean from being on the air. He's a show killer. But I do like it when you call him out for trying to change the question or get you caught on whatever topic. Okay, so I do like when you do that. So, all right, well, never mind. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the email. Winterville's up next. Stay tuned. Don't break anything while I'm gone. 